Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and I say good evening because it's Monday, 9.05 p.m., and this morning I did an awesome podcast with Chris Madden from Paragon Home Loans. He's a guy that I met when I first got into the business, and I think we had a mutual client. Honestly, I don't quite remember how we got introduced, but I've always had a great working relationship with Chris, and uh, I would even say a great friendship, too. He's worked with a lot of my clients and I he's great with first-time home buyers he has the patience to kind of walk them through the process as well as you know help the uh, experienced home buyer Chris is a all-around great dude and he's he's been in the business for a little bit and has always been kind to my me and my clients so I figured why not have him on the podcast to kind of talk about the mortgage side of the business get to learn a little bit about his end of the business and uh some people might not know this but the way he works and i work is is very similar we're always trying to prospect and get new clients and work on a referral base and uh, it's very much a eat what you kill kind of business just like uh real estate is so i hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as i did and if you guys ever need anything for our your mortgage needs make sure you guys get a hold of chris madden at paragon home loans in liverpool so without any further ado here is my homie chris madden Yeah, so like, it's kind of the same thing that we talked about. It's like the Realtor Academy, Academy Online, um, where basically I talk about like the personal branding, right? Like I talk about why it's important, how you create one, um, how you can create content and really not run out of content, um, and what content to create. Because I think a lot of people get scared about like making the perfect video or the perfect graphic, you know? And like, I don't. My theory has always been like something's better than nothing. Right. So, um, anyways. I um I have someone working on it with me. Um, she's been doing a great job. She um actually actually what she does professionally. Um, she does like industrial design, so she puts uh, these educational design classes together, um, or online, uh, and in in person classes. So she's doing it with me. Um, and then I'm working with the GSAR uh, to try and get it certified for CE credits. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and so, so it, it's a little bit of a keeps the class for. It? I'm hoping it's going to be, I wanted to get three, three credit hours out of it. So three hours. Um, cause I think it's pretty valuable. And w- when I was designing the class, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and the way I designed it was kind of like introducing a topic and then giving an example and then breaking off into like groups to do it, to like apply it. Right. Right. So it's a lot of like group work, a lot of like individual work. Um, and it's one of those things too, where like my goal is to obviously get more business from realtors, right? Like that's my goal. Um, but if I can provide more value to them, you know, I'd love to do that for them too. Like no one wants to talk about rates and mortgages and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of boring. Right. So, uh, my whole, my whole thing around this was how can I provide more value to realtors? Uh, how can I like help them grow their business? Right. Cause that's what you guys want, right? You guys want to sell more houses. Right. So, that's kind of the whole goal around it. Um, I think it's going to be pretty valuable. I've been kind of like been doing this. Actually, you know what? Quarantine 
is actually like the one that like forced me into it. It's something I've been trying to do since like last year. Yeah, it's funny, like, right? Yeah, like never had the time to do it, and now like being like stuck in my house, like it kind of forced me to like, all right, kick myself in the ass and like let's just do this thing. So is it like a whole website you're developing with like different courses that are in it? So it, there's a website, yes. It kind of just introduces the course and like what it is. Um, my goal is for it to be online, um, so you, you don't have to actually come in person. Um, I want to do like a, a live course. Oh, so this uh, is like you're, you're planning right now like a live in-person course. Yeah, like it'd be live in person. Um, like, and, and again, this is I'm still going through like the whole process of getting certified. It's not done yet, um, but I do know like the steps that I got to take. That's so it'd be at the GSAR, and then you know I'd like to do it too, where you know if, if someone's not able to get to the GSAR to take a sit down and take a three hour class, um, I like to do it online because I think as we found out through all this Corona stuff, you know, the Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff is. Uh, it's pretty feasible, so. Yeah, right. The, the whole online thing is, like, taken off. Like, this was the, I've been doing, uh, I meet with, like, first-time buyers. Usually, I like to do a first meet and greet, like, in the office. But since it's kind of, you know, the whole COVID thing, I uh, mm -hmm. have been doing, like, video chats with people. And it goes really well. Like, there's uh, one couple I'm working with that the technology is a little out of their hands. So, it's like, you're kind of reduced to phone calls. But for the most part, it's like the i can do on i can go on google meet and have a whole conversation and still maintain social distancing yeah. yep yeah and i always met with my like my borrower like people that work with me at least like i so i'm 32 right so i work with i kind of skew younger where yeah. i think they just want to like talk on the phone or i like, text about it yeah and like not me and just like just tell me what i got to do yeah so like it's hard for me it's hard to develop that relationship Right, because like I don't have any face that it's hard to get them in the office yeah. and meet face to face, or even on video. So one thing that I implemented too, and this might actually be great for you too, is it's um, it's called Bomb Bomb. Have you ever heard of Bomb Bomb? Oh yeah, yeah. There's some agents in my office that use Bomb Bomb. Yeah. So like what I've been doing, whenever I issue a prequal letter, um, what I do is I kind of like put it, it's like a video. It goes right into uh, it's embedded right into the the message of the email. So like I'll just kind of take them through like the numbers and I'll take them through like the prequal and I'll take them through like okay these are the next steps. And it's a quick like two minute video, but yeah. at least kind of you it's know. It's nice because it gives you that FaceTime. Yeah, kind of exactly. Face to the name. I feel like people really like getting videos. You know, yeah. like if you send a video to your friend and it's just like, hey man, what's up? Just want to see how you're doing. Hope you're having a great day. See ya. And then you get immediately a follow up text is like, dude, I love that. That was so awesome. Yeah. I know, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I just think that, uh, especially with your business type, like you're not meeting with clients regularly face to face, right? I mean, it's usually when I refer people to you, it's usually like a text or an email. Yeah, it's funny. Like when I was, like when I was, so my background is in digital marketing, so I knew nothing about mortgages. I kind of fell into it. Um, I went to another mortgage company in Syracuse. Um, and help with their marketing, and then during that time, I got licensed. Um, but as was I was it like a thing, you were just like, "Oh, this looks interesting." Yeah, it was just kind of like, "Oh, like you can get paid for stuff like this. Like maybe yeah. I'll just start some extra." You know what I mean? Like kind of. Yeah. Were you doing both jobs, uh, mortgage uh, officer, and also the and help with their marketing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and um, so during my training of like becoming a loan officer, I was always told like get him in the office. 
get them into the office and, and like they're gonna still stay with you right because you can develop a relationship but I found that like again like I my bars skew a little bit maybe a little bit younger yeah and they don't want to come in the office right and that's how I found ran up on on, on bomb bomb and it's been great like it, it at least gets me in front of them like yeah with a video and um they're opening it too like I feel like video messages are they're not they're not like spammy or anything like that it's actually like right. oh this person took time to actually do this yeah you know yeah, right it means a little bit more it kind of resonates with them more yeah i always thought it was funny how some people their forms of communication are are different like some people are call only and then there's like i always refer to like my parents generation are email like they exclusively want to talk in email and yeah. then like our generation is like mostly text like if you yeah. get before I started in real estate, if you called my phone, I would think you'd have like five heads. Like, why are you calling my phone? Just text me. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm now I've, like yeah. trained myself to you know pick up the phone and make phone calls and stuff like that. So it's but the trend with with people in our age is like, don't call me. Send me a text. Yeah. Send me a send yeah. me a message. I'll text you yeah. back. <laughs> I had you know what's funny? I had a borrower who rarely answered texts. But when I direct message them on Instagram, they were like, responding. Yeah, right away. it's funny how that happens, right? It's totally, and it's like we almost have to be like these masters of all these different forms of communication. I mean, yeah. they're all pretty much the same. It's all just typing out a message. But man, sometimes it's hard to get like you can read a text one way, and it can totally skew in a different perspective that you don't you like it. Your intentions aren't aren't to be mean but it comes off like short you know there's yeah. that there's that really funny like key and peel skit where they're like reading a text message back and forth and he's like hey man what are you doing he's like hey man what do you i'm at my hat like he's all pissed yeah. off and <laughs> it's funny how that happens but there's no like connection when it's with a text yeah you ever do you listen to, uh listen to gary banner chuck it off oh yeah yeah gary v yeah yeah gary. he's you know i like i, I take him small doses but um yeah small he doses talks- yeah. Mostly because he, he, he makes me feel it. like shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> so. Like, always work, always hustle, always grind. I was like, dude, sometimes I just kind of want to, like, sit here and watch TV. Yeah, I know. Don't yell at me. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's always a part of me when, like, it's usually, like, nighttime, like, from 8 o'clock when Ashen's put down. It's, like, my personal time for myself, right? And it's, like, I always feel guilty about trying to, like, enjoy like i always have gary v's voice in the back of my head saying you gotta hustle you gotta work harder you gotta do and then i'm like i just want to play video games and chill just yeah relax (laughs) it's that part i think everybody has a gary v in their head oh for sure but he taught like he talks about you know like communicating with clients where they want to be communicated and when they want to be communicated um i just started doing like calendly so like people are just like and just oh, there goes my dog. Um, yeah, people just like see my calendar. And it's linked up to it, and they just pick time slots that I'm available, and it integrates my calendar. Um, oh, that's and then cool. It tells, yeah, and then like it it picks out like do you rather text? Do you want to call? Do you want to do a video chat? Like it kind of like lays out how they want to be talked to. How did you set that up? Super easy. Uh, it's just I think it's Calendly.com, um, oh, and it Calendly. integrates like we use Calendly. Yeah, how do you spell it's, it? it's free too. Uh, C A L, A N D L Y, Calendly, yeah. And um, that sounds really and, cool. like we use, 
we use uh, Outlook. That's our email client for work here. Um, and it integrates with Gmail, Outlook, um, integrates with all of them, but it syncs right up with your calendar. Um, so like if I, if I block out times, like I do a lot of time blocking. Um, so like it'll show like I'm available from, you know, 1030 to 1145. And then again, from 230 to four o'clock. So they yeah. can pick a slot, 15 minute slot or 30 minute slot in there. That's pretty cool. So, that is sweet. Yeah. I, I guess I never really thought of that. That's kind of like a, it's a nice way to set up appointments and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. When I was getting in the business and getting like trained on all of it, it was like, does, when you make your calendar appointment, does it say what the read like, or does it say Chris working with a client in this time block or does it just say Chris not, not available? Uh, it'll just say not, it'll just like gray it out. Oh, like gotcha. just say okay. Yeah, because it's a lot of a lot of agents always like stress the fact that you don't want to like just tell them you're an appointment. You don't have to give them details on stuff because I've just I've I've heard horror stories where it's like you know an agent texts one of their clients and it's like oh I'm at a I'm at my son's violin concert and then they get a text message back is like well don't you want to make money don't you want to type up my contract right now so oh there's like loony bins that are out there. But yeah. luckily, knock on wood, I've never had that problem. And I'm pretty, yeah, like, transparent with people, you know. Especially, yeah. like, this past weekend, my mom has been in town. So all my clients have been, like, super awesome. Um, letting uh, – you you remember Mark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been uh, stepping up and doing, like, uh, a lot of my appointments for the week. So it's good to keep him busy and kind of get him uh, get him moving, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, uh, do you have, like, a routine every morning now that you're, like, COVID, working from home every day? Yeah, I try to. Um, yeah. It's two – I have a two – she's two in three months, so yeah. – she's two years old in three months. So, uh, I try to. Like, I try and, like, you know, get up by you – know, she's usually up by 6.45, 7 o'clock. So, I'm yeah. usually up by – I got to feed her. My wife's got to get out the door to go to work. So, I usually it's kind of just chaos until I drop her off at daycare about 8.30. Yeah. But then once I'm home, um, I kind of take you through my day, I guess. Um, I kind of like clean up. I always clean up my e- my, e- my inbox the night before. Mm. Um, so then I in the morning I'll like go through answer anything that's been outstanding or anything I got to tackle. Um, I'll do prequels, you know, from like ten to eleven or whatever it may be, and then kind of business development stuff um, around lunchtime ish. Uh, and then I get into like the content stuff. Um, I'll get into, uh, working on my, the, the, the class I'm working on. Um, and then, um, I, I try and like respond like to people as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, so I, sometimes my day gets kind of like knocked yeah. off, but yeah, especially I, I try and time block as fast as I can, but you know, I mean, you know, things kind of happen and yeah. people need to their way. Right, and um, that's like that's the business type we're in is like last minute appointments. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh my god, I need a prequel. Right? We got to put an offer in five minutes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah I get it. Deadline is yeah. is in four hours. We need something. Yeah. To that, which yeah. is like, but I always not trying to end my day like, um, you know, kind of planning out my next day. Oh, okay. Like around around four or four thirty ish and clean up anything. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, I go pick up my daughter from daycare, come back, and then I always try and, like, leave, like, you know, a couple hours to spend some time with her and my wife. Yeah. Um, until she goes to bed, at least. But, I mean, I'm available. 
Right. Um, but I'm just not going to be at my computer, so try and do that. How about you with the, with the new baby? Oh, yeah. it's uh, You don't really have a routine when you have the baby, I guess. <laughs> you know, he's the only thing that's, like, consistent with him is uh, he usually falls asleep right at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Really? Nine, it's like he's out like a light, yeah. Um, and then he'll sleep for, like, four hours, sometimes five if we're lucky, and then he'll wake up every two after that. So usually he's up by, um, I think, uh, usually like six he's up. And then uh, I just take him, get him changed, Brittany feeds him. Um, trying to think, like, morning routine. It always starts with coffee. And I, I've tried, I tried doing meditation before, but I can't, like, I can't get into a rhythm with Ashton now that he's here. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I kind of threw that out the door. I think I meditated, like, for a week before he was born and then he came and I was like all right well uh, was it helpful though for that week though yeah I thought it was it was kind of cool it's just um especially because of the whole COVID thing you know I don't really have like a workout outlet you know so it's like the one thing that just kind of like uh it sounds so hokey but it kind of just like centered me a little bit more you know, sometimes I, f- I was noticing when I wasn't working out, I went through a period where it was like a month of no physical activity and my attitude and like the way I reacted to things was just totally different than mm-hmm. what it normally is. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of fun. COVID has definitely been like this weird eye opening thing from business to life, you know? Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, changed, changed a lot for sure. Yeah. Right. And that's like, with with COVID, like, what was one of the biggest changes you've seen in the mortgage industry? Um, like, do you see any like big shifts happen from it? With unemployment yeah, being up high, did you lose a lot of clients? Um, the biggest thing, I think, the big most frustrating thing was like if when people were furloughed or laid off, you know, we had to delay the closing. Yeah. Until they were back to work. Right. You know, so you had people who were. Um, Laid off, probably when did I start? Like mid March, late late March, early April ish. Yeah, they were right. supposed to supposed to close in that time frame, and they weren't back to work until I finally had one return to work last week. No, I'm sorry, beginning of June, because they uh, they owned a salon. Oh. So they were closed until June first. Right. Um, but we needed time. To like show that like okay we're getting clients back in the door you know right. people are talking so she's earning an income because she's finally closing tomorrow right and this was closed back in mid-march jeez that's been the most frustrating thing yeah. um you know and 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 the banks too have been putting some more overlays on things like i think they got spooked with like lower credit scores so they kind of up that up a little bit um i think they're relaxing a little bit now um i think things are starting to normalize a little bit. Yeah, it's weird, right? Um, but I, I would say definitely the most frustrating thing was like people were laid off, and these were borrowers who were like had a great job, earned a great income, yeah. and like literally like s- slam on the brakes and like, well, we can't close until you're back. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, I thought for sure the real estate like landscape was gonna completely change, and it's not. It has not changed. It's like yeah. Pre-COVID, we were slammed with buyers, multiple offers on every house. Post-COVID, well, I guess we're still in the whole COVID quarantine thing. Still, there was a multiple offer situation 
two weeks back when it was us and 20 other offers on one house. 21 offers on one house during a time when unemployment is at its peak, that it's the highest it's ever been, and, you know, the banks have tightened up some of the restrictions, and it's like, how... I thought we were going to have way less competition now. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, and and that's... It's so crazy, and it sounds... I, I shouldn't say it as a realtor, but I was hoping it was going to shift the market back into a buyer's market where, mm. you know, buyers could be in a position where they could ask for a little bit more and get, get deals on houses. But it's still like, I mean, the for the first time in six months, I got an offer accepted this weekend that was below list price. Below? Wow. See? Isn't that, isn't that weird that we're having a conversation that we're surprised we got an offer accepted below list price? That's insane. Right? Wow. How crazy is yeah. that? That hasn't happened in forever. No. But, I, and I don't get it. I mean, the offer still had, the house had two other offers on it, so we're still multiple offers. There's still so many buyers out there. Yeah. So many. It's, it's, so when you guys were, you guys were basically shut down for like three weeks, I think, was it? Was yeah, it? and honestly, the whole timing of everything was almost in sync with action being born because it was like, they deemed us as um, non-essential, and mm-hmm. everything was like, ever everybody was worried that we weren't going to be back to normal. It was we were going to be out of jobs forever, and then uh, there were still houses selling, sight unseen, and listing agents were, they'd put the house up all digitally. They would have the owner record a video walkthrough of the house, and that's what we were like limited to, um, and then. I mean, still, I think the restrictions just lifted now where we could actually show houses. Before, it was, like, kind of up to your broker's decision. Uh, mm-hmm. You could either not show houses if you wanted to be safe, or some some brokers were like, nope, you can open the door, but then you have to go right back in your car. So every everything was, was so much different during that yeah. time. Um, but it was literally, like, when he was born... It was when everything was shut down, so I didn't have any appointments. I didn't have anything. And then, like, six weeks, he was six weeks old, and then it was like somebody turned a faucet on, and everybody was ready to, to go out and look at houses. Yeah. So for me, yeah. the timing worked out, like, very well. Yeah, are you, are you still seeing, like, people, like, I know you just bought, um, what's, what are those things called? Yeah, the gimbal. The gimbal, that's yeah. it. Um, are you still, like, are you utilizing that for, like, showing someone, like, you know, through the house that maybe can't get there. Yeah, there's, you know, like, I haven't had anybody um, that is, wants to buy a house but isn't comfortable going into the house. Everybody's pretty much, you know, you put your mask on, don't touch anything, hand sanitizer before we enter, after we leave. Um, and nobody's really like, hey, I'm going to sit at home, can you walk me through through the house? Uh, but I bet you we're going to see video walkthroughs become like the normal in the business where, you know, you're going to get pictures and a video and it's just going to be like the, the business norm. It's like when you go on Zillow, you're going to see pictures, right? And if, if you have a house that only has an outside photo, you're going to be a little, you're going to think a little suspect of it, right? I think what's going to happen is in the next like five, 10 years, if a house that's listed doesn't have a video, they're going to be like, why doesn't it have a video? That's that's yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, so I bought the gimbal, and then I bought, like, video editing program. So I'm just waiting. Uh, There's two people right now that have to – 
uh, they're looking to buy a new house and then they got to sell theirs. So I have potentially two listings that I know of this year coming up. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to be, I'm excited to, to hit the ground running with that thing. Because I'm going to shoot a yeah. whole video walkthrough. It's going to be like, um, hey, this is Corey from Howard Hanna. I'm at 123 Apple Street. Uh, let's go check it out. And then be able to kind Welcome of... Welcome to my crib. Out. That's right. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> Open up the door. What up, MTV yeah. Cribs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer yeah. on the bottom. This is not my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually one thing I've been, I've been working on, too. Back in the winter, um, I met with a few agents... We kind of call it like a dynamic open house, and like what we're doing is basically shooting. Uh, I have a friend who has all the equipment; he's got drones, all this kind of stuff. Um, but shooting like an MTV crib style, yeah. like documentary kind of style, like video for the house. Yeah. Where it's a lot of B-roll, it's them talking about the house, also right. more engagement. Right. Um, and I think I remember when we were talking about it, and it started getting my gears turning, and I went on YouTube and I just started typing. Uh, house real estate house walkthroughs and seeing how everybody else kind of structures theirs um to see like kind of what i like what what i would change differently um and my photographer hobbs was he he kind of had the idea too and we were gonna you know do the whole like mic thing set up you know get me on a mic and then talk about the house as we record the walkthrough um so I'm just I'm just like salivating to get another listing so I can at least just try it out and get it out there. Yeah, it's it's funny like all the, like with the phones we have now though like they're so powerful that like literally anybody that has an iPhone or a Droid yeah. is a videographer. Like yeah. you can. My my phone shoots in 4K. Like what yeah. is that's ridiculous. That's insane. Like that <laughs> is nuts. so that's so I don't have to have a you know an eight hundred dollar camera to yeah like to you know like the it. Canon DS the little crazy. Right. Right, I literally, I'm going to use uh, my phone, and then I have Bluetooth, like, headphones that I put on. I'm just going to put it on the back of my collar, and I have a mic that's going to be close to me. So it's, like, it's yep. it's the cheapest thing possible, but it's going to look, uh, it'll just look different because it's not going to be, like, the standard where, you know, everybody holds the video, like, vertically and records. I want to do it, like, horizontally, put fades yeah. in there and stuff, and just kind of make it look like uh, a step up, you know? It's something so simple that we already have all the all the stuff basically to do it, and yeah. it provides so much value for your client. What was what was your first phone? Do you remember? My my first phone. Um, yes, it was one of those like, brick like Nokia. Oh yeah. Nokia ones that, that like green it was, screen. Uh, the screen had like it was like a green screen kind yeah. of, and the only game I think was on it was a uh, Snake. I don't yeah, know if snake. yeah, dude, I love <laughs> Snake. That's so funny. Yeah, I remember. Um, my first one was a, a Nokia Flip phone, and it was it was like one of the first models that had a camera on the very front. And I thought I was king shit. At the king camera. shit at Turd Island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the camera was like you know like a one megapixel camera. You know, it's yeah. most mostly just a few pixels that you can see out of that picture. But yeah, and then I remember having like a after that I got that that Sony Ericsson that like. It was just a screen, and then it would slide up. I had that one. Yeah, yeah. That, it, yep. But then all the buttons broke on it because the, the yeah, buttons were so frail. Yeah, it was just it would just has it. Like, when was the last time you used buttons on a phone? Honestly, right? I, like so. Me, yeah. So I was talking about this with my brother. Like, have you ever like remember T nine? Yeah, T like, nine. Yeah, hell yeah. I feel like if I went back to T nine, it'd be like riding a bike. Where like I'd be kind of crappy at it at first, but then yeah. like I would totally pick up on how to use T nine. Right. Right, I remember when a friend showed me T9, 
I, my mind was blown. I was like, you know, you'd you'd say hi, it would be like five, 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 four, yeah. six, 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 two, one, two. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, no. and, and, then, and then he showed me T9. I was like, what? This is yeah. insane. Mind blowing. Mind yeah. blowing. Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, so, I didn't get an iPhone until, oh, man, when did it come out? 2008? I got, like, the second gen iPhone. So that was, must have been, like, 2009, I think it was. Oh, really? See, when iPhones came out, I was, like, resistant to the whole iPhone thing. I was like, fuck that. I don't want an Apple product. <laughs> you know, you think you're – I was, like, 2008, 2009. So I graduated in 2008. So I'm 11th grade, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't need an, an iPod. Here I am with, like, a, you know, half a gig SanDisk MP3 player and then my – shitty LG Dare phone that the touchscreen yeah. always fucked up on and you know what I mean Fight the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sticking it to the man bro yeah. listen high school was a, a weird time for me <laughs> uh, so what do you like in the mortgage world what do you think the next like 10 years is going to look like 10 years from now how is your business practices going to change Oh man, um, I can tell you my business because it's hard to predict like what's going to happen. Like, I mean, obviously with the coronavirus, right? Like, we had no yeah. idea that was going to happen, right. so it's hard to predict the future. I think, I think for the foreseeable future, we're going to see extremely like the low rates are going to stay where they are. Um, I don't think we're going to see a big jump in rates, um, at least for my my business and how I get business. Uh, I think it's going to turn much more digital, um, and that's kind of like the whole point of this whole like personal branding, like showing people how to brand themselves digitally. Um, and how they can get business by creating content and providing value for free and position themselves as an expert in order to get business on the back end. All right. Uh, so what kind of content, like you say content, like what do you, that is it from the course, right? Uh, yeah, so like the, my, whole, my whole thing is like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of, of realtors, don't take this the wrong way, if anyone who's listening, but like they like- <laughs> It's all you free head, people. Like, one of them is my mom, so don't worry about it. <laughs> like, they hit you in the head, right? Like, open house, open house, come check out this listing. Check, like, open house. Like, yeah. okay, we, we get it. Right. But, like, what else do you know? Like, what do you right. know? And, like, you, what problems can you solve for me? Dude, exactly. So, that's 100%. Yeah. So, like, that that's kind of, like, what I'm going to be, like, trying to teach, um, like, these realtors when they, when they take the course. Um, the content they can create can position themselves as an authoritative figure mm -hmm. in their space, right? right? Like, I don't want you, like, it's great if you have a listing and you want to show it off, but, like, answer some common questions that you have. Do a show with, like, a real, like, a, an, uh, an attorney, for example. Yeah. Like, answer common questions on, like, title or, like, whatever it may be. Um, just just solve people's questions. That's, yeah. that's all I come down to. Yeah, you know what's funny is one day um, I was in jiu-jitsu and I, we were grappling, and I had a couple hard rounds, sat, sat on the wall, and I was talking to one of my buddies, and we were actually talking about how real estate is very much like a, uh, uh, it's almost like, there's that attitude, it's like, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did, yeah. kind of thing, and I remember ha after he told me that, I was like, man, I guess... I guess he's kind of right. There's just some agents out there that are like, new listing, new listing, new listing, sold this, sold this. And then I wanted to, I started like jotting down information and like ideas for uh, my YouTube thing. Um, 
the pre-COVID, I was I had a YouTube channel and I was starting to build up some of the like the Muay Thai stuff and like the technique videos and stuff and, and mm-hmm. put content out that way. And then I wanted to do real estate side, but I've been f- trying to focus and finish out my broker's course. So I've like I put all my time and energy in that. But to your point, I wanted I wanted to start providing things of like value to people. So you know you put out a video, a two minute video that talks about. Um, what's the difference between customer and client when you're working with your agent? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know if you are a client or a customer? What are the differences? Uh, how do you? What's what's pre-approval versus pre-qualification? What does right. what does that mean? Um, just Do I like, need a home inspection? Like what's right? Right. What no, are some common things anything. that pop up? Yeah. Right. Like there's tons of things that you can think of that you can start putting out. Like, hey, look, this is what I did this is something of value to you. Here's something of information rather than like, Hey, look at my accomplishments. You know, right. Something, something a little different. And it was that right. conversation with, um, with my buddy that made me start like turning my gears a little bit where I was like, Oh, you know what? I am very guilty of, of totally doing that as I go through my Facebook that night. And I'm like, offer accepted offer. Look, I listed this, look at this, come check out this open house. And I was like, Oh man, He's right. I'm I'm falling into yeah. that trap. I'm the same. Yeah, it's great. You you can you can post that kind of stuff. Just not not don't punch people ahead all the time. You know, it's um, just exactly what you're saying. Like just position yourself as an authority, as someone who can solve people's problems. And when people see that, they must know. Like, oh, this guy must know what he's talking about. He's probably a good realtor. Like if, when people post, like, I sold this. I sold this. I sold this. It's like, yeah, like you're a realtor. Like you're supposed to. I get that. Yeah, like right. what else? You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's what I figured, like, building the YouTube channel. And then you could just, once you have it edited and cut, then you could put on YouTube. You can put it on uh, uh, Instagram TV. You can put on Facebook. You can just upload this the MP4 file to Facebook, you know, yeah. and also have a, a presence on YouTube. So you can kind of use it many ways. Yeah, um, yeah like, for example, like, here's, like, a perfect example. Like, you could have a show on Instagram TV and post it on, on YouTube as well of, like, just industry experts right like a home inspector an attorney right like a contractor right any kind of show like and they just talk to them about it right Right. like help answer people's questions right you know for me for me for example like i'm setting up i'm going to be setting up a show where like i talk to other people in the digital marketing space and talked about how the power of personal branding that's Mm -hmm. kind of because i i I, I want to try and talk what's that are you gonna do on youtube or a podcast it's gonna live on youtube um that I'll put it on Instagram TV as well. Oh shit, that'll be cool. Yeah. So, um, but it's stuff like that. Like realtors can do that as well. Like they can just right. Pick, right. pick any industry expert. You know, pick you know uh, interior designer. Like what are the new trends that people are you're seeing in um, in interior design? Yeah. Right. right. Like, or right. landscaper. Like what are you seeing? Like you know, like anything. Yeah. Right. Right. Totally. And then it just kind of it helps a little bit with your. Uh credibility and knowledge and you know you have you have a good relationship with that person that's like one of the things i notice with with the podcast is when i sit down and talk to somebody it's like the relationship changes it's like now i have like somebody who who texts me hey that was fun to do you know it's like and also uh you kind of just get a different opinion a different outlook from people you know which is it's just nice to do because i can't think of any other place and i feel like i say this every every fucking podcast but it's when when has there been a time where you and I just talked for an hour other than when we went to lunch 
Yeah. You know, that, and that's, it's like twice, three times maybe, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's good just to have this time one because I'm learning. Like, I learned what candidly is. I learned that you're killing it in Boom Boom now. Uh, so it's like, it, it's good for me too. So it's kind of like a little yeah. learning experience. Absolutely. I think mean, um, it, 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 it kind of humanizes you too, right? Like, yeah. like if you're posting just like the way we were just talking about, like the open houses or whatever it may be, I don't know that it humanizes you, right? Like yeah. I, I, you, you kind of like get behind the curtain with video and like, and it actually is like, like podcast or, or anything. Yeah. Um, it kind of humanizes you a bit. Yeah, and when you talk about branding, I think that's one of the things that people really see through on social media is like, is this really you or is this a company you're, you're like, you're just pumping this out and it's and it's nothing. Like people, people like to see personal stuff. Like people like to see, like yeah. pictures of your son or pictures like people like to see like what do you do when you're not selling houses? For me, it's martial arts or fitness or hanging out with Ashton or or spending time with my wife. And I think people kind of look for that. They don't want to just see it on Instagram where it's just like the same yeah. pictures, the same format, right. the same thing over and over again, you know? Yeah. It could be like, I mean, there was this one realtor, I can't remember where, I think they were different down south. Um, I don't I don't know the name, but I may have to try and find it for you. But like, they like have a show, like they talk to experts and stuff like that. But then they also have like funny show where it's like kind of comedy where like they just talk about like weird shit that they've seen like yeah. when they're doing a walkthrough or an open house right. and I mean, you guys have seen like some crazy weird stuff yeah. I'm sure right sure. so um, she kind of makes a joke out of it so it's pretty funny it's pretty entertaining that's cool that's a good idea there's tons of yeah. there's tons of people out there that are doing great things and it's in it's nice in this age of information you can literally just type up like you can go on Google and type real estate video ideas and you'll have a hundred different right. ideas that you can do and, and tweak to make your own but yeah. I think people get the, uh, like you were saying early, uh, paralysis by analysis. And then they, yeah. then they start putting out the video and then they're, or they start editing and they're like, oh, I don't know. I, they start overthinking things and then, then it never just makes its way onto the internet. Yep. Which, exactly. exactly. You just said it right there. So then it, they, they, they focus so much on trying to make it perfect and then they never put it on the internet. Right. So yeah. What's the point yeah. of the video? Yeah. A hundred percent. The, and no one cares. Like, right. as long as it's like in, informative and someone gets something out of it, like it doesn't matter like how yeah. it's edited or how it sounds. Like, as long as it sounds okay. Yeah. Right. Right. It you totally know? doesn't matter. And it's just like trying to get over that fear for some people is just is a lot harder than than it seems. You know, it's just right. kind of just how it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you see like a big shift right now into uh, I know during COVID you had a lot of like refinances people were going through because of the uh, was it the federal bank said that the loans or the interest rates was at like 0% yeah they, they dropped the rate I so dropped the rate did you have like a big influx of people doing refinances and stuff yeah that it kicked off like that first week of March um, and has been pretty consistent all the way through um Kind of going back to like what I was talking about, the most frustrating thing when people get laid off, we have to delay the closing. I had a couple refinances where like we had to pump the brakes on it because they got you know furloughed till beginning of July, so next week. So, so what's different? So if I come to you as a buyer and want to get pre-approved mm-hmm. versus a seller who wants to refinance their house, how is that process different? 
It's the same process. So um, it's really the same process. I still need like your tax returns or your W-2s, all the income docs that I would need. I still have to pull credit. Um, the pre-qual process is a lot easier because you're already living there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still need, it's, it's basically a new loan, like if you think about it. Because I'm, yeah. we're, buy, we're, we're paying off the old one and putting you in a new one with a better interest rate. Right. And then does it, does it extend the, the new loan? It goes, like, say if they're, they bought a bought the house with a 30-year loan, they've been there 10 years, paid off 10 years' worth, and then you refinance, does it put another 30 years on top of that? No, so what I always try, like, we, we do when we when refinance, at least right now, is the, the, the most popular one is getting people into a 15-year. So oh, gotcha. people, who, people who've been in, in like, a 30-year, um, we've been kind of refinancing, wrapping the costs in, um, and then fitting them into a 15 or a 20 year. Uh, more, more from that, mine are might have been 15 years, just because it makes more sense. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and you work off like a giant formula system, right? Uh, so, like, really, to see if, if it would make sense to uh, for a refinance, all I would need is a mortgage statement, and then I do the amortization from there. I do. Oh, pretty gotcha. Much yeah. Gotcha. What's uh? What do you think is like the biggest misconception? when it comes to getting refinances? Is there like a common thing people come to you and and think one way and really it's the other? Um, I would say that like, they think that their payment's gonna go up significantly because they're getting into a shorter term. Uh-huh. But but you gotta remember like, you're, like people have been financing, one person was at like almost, was it four and a half percent, right? And he's getting into a 15 year at like under three. Right. So like that's a huge difference in interest yeah, rate. Right. So his payment really doesn't jump all that much, and he's been in the house for ten years. Yeah. So I'm really short of my time, right? So I think it's the biggest common common misconception is maybe that you know that your payment's going to skyrocket your yeah. refinance. What um, uh, what would you say is the biggest misconception when a like a buyer comes to you to get pre-approved for a loan? Um, I think. A lot of times, I think it's they don't realize that like what the cash to close, like what, what, what that number truly is. Like yeah. they just think like, oh, I'm gonna put twenty percent down. That's like a hundred. I need twenty thousand dollars to close a hundred thousand dollars. Like that's it. Yeah. They don't think about like you know the prepaids and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, like, how do you calculate closing costs? Do you just give them like a hard number, or is there like a formula-based equation? No. So like. It's all it, taxes and insurance depends on all that kind of stuff. But what I usually do again, that's and I explain that in that bomb bomb video that I do. Whenever I issue a prequal letter, I'll put in their estimated payment and then uh, their estimated cash to close, and I'll break down like what's in that cash to close and why it's like. Oh, gotcha. Um, so they know like yeah. what what's being paid out. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime um, someone asks me, like if a buyer asks me what closing costs are, I'm like, eh, go talk to Chris because I am not <laughs> the numbers guy. If you want to know about the house and how many bedrooms and square foot, I got you on that. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other like big misconceptions. I guess the other misconception too is like, let's say someone's looking at a $200,000 house, and they want to put an offer in on a house that's $210,000. They want to see like the numbers and make sure their payments not going to change all that much. And like you got to remember, $10,000 difference over 30 years mm-hmm. is like very very minimal. Yeah. So I'll give it to them anyways, but like I think that's the common misconception too, is like if we increase the purchase price, like oh my god, my payment's gonna go up so much. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, ten ten grand sounds like a lot on paper, but when you spread it over thirty, 30 years, years, yeah, it's yeah. a whole, it's a totally different story. Um, right. 
what's a what is like the most common problem that buyers run into that can make your life easier like do they should they come to you more prepared with paperwork should they um have this stuff ready for like what would make your life easier um i would say it's if you are thinking about looking for a house and starting the process get pre-qualified yeah because what i've seen happen and which really sucks too is like someone starts looking at two hundred thousand dollar houses right but when they get pre-qualified maybe they only qualify for 160 right now they have this like image in their head about the house that they want yeah they can't afford and we got to be like well sorry like you can only be here and then they're disappointed and yeah i made that mistake once when i first started when i was working with somebody that i should have should have gotten pre-approved first and kind of ruined their expectations unfortunately you know it's it's kind of a heartbreak when they they have this idea of what they can afford which i don't understand where that comes from like where where what are you basing that knowledge off of if you don't like if you haven't talked to a professional who looks at your finances does a credit pull and really can tell you what you would get approved for how why are you coming up with two hundred thousand in your head that's that's the thing i never understood it's a good question and part of me is like well i think they look at it as like well i pay my rent at you know 800 a month and they don't realize like well i'm also gonna have to pay taxes and i'm also gonna have to pay insurance all right there's other expenses on top of that than just paying the rent versus the mortgage so i don't know if that's it but um i also just think like people see like these beautiful houses it's like oh my gosh i want that maybe i can afford that right right and i just you know we're living in a an age too where I think that that is starting to change because it's like I've heard stories of agents in my office saying you know that they used to have a lot of issues trying to get somebody pre-approved and they would they would avoid it and run around it and and now it doesn't seem like like an issue like if somebody a first-time home buyer is coming to me for advice I'm like listen first thing you want to do is talk to Chris so we know what kind of like budget we're working in you know 150 might be your max that you get approved for, but you might only be comfortable with a hundred thousand dollar house payment. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, like, like that's an important conversation to have. Um, Cause I don't, I don't want your house broke, especially as an agent. Right. I don't want you getting in the house and then scraping by making more. Like I want you to be able to build up a, an emergency fund in case the furnace craps out in six years or, you know, an unplanned uh, accident or something happens. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's common for first-time home buyers. Where like they don't necessarily know like where they want their payment to be or what kind of house they can afford. Yeah, they kind right. of want to back into it, right? So like I always ask them like where do you want your payment to be and what are you comfortable with, you know, for, right. for money to put put down? Yeah, and that's and that, we was back into that. that was the conversation my wife and I had too when we were looking mm-hmm. to buy a house. Was like, what do we want to spend a month in in payments? What do we want to make work? And that was exactly how we we did it too. Yep. Sorry to cut you off. What were you saying? No, no, that was it. I mean, that's that's exactly like that's. I wish like if there was a way to like maybe that's a great piece of video content, right? Like yeah, right. You know, there you go. I smell a YouTube uh, to video. Tell people like how, yeah, how they can back into um, you know a payment to get to get them feel a little more comfortable about what they can actually afford. Yeah, no, th- we we planned on doing a we were gonna do a pre-approval versus pre-qualification, and then the whole COVID thing yeah shit hit the fan and then we were like all right let's scrap that idea i guess yeah and there was a time like i don't know if it's still like this but our agents still like to go see a house do you still need a prequal letter uh yes um 
I mean, it's still, I think it's part of our ethics, our code of ethics that we need to make sure they're pre-approved before we bring them into the house regardless. Okay. But, you know, agents are not, uh, we're independent contractors. We're, we're kind of self-governing, so not everybody follows that rule. But that's, for me, I always make sure that they have some kind of pre-qualification, especially after when I first started and I made that mistake of, you know, getting those first-time home buyers like, oh, $200,000 houses are awesome, and then they get approved for 135 and that's a yeah. hard number to work with from 200 You know what I mean? Like, 200 yeah. the you have a broad scope of houses you can look at, but 135 it's like, here are four areas that we can make that number work, you know? Yeah. So after I made that mistake, I'm like, I'm never again going to show some something to somebody. I mean, we got to – it just you're setting up their expectations way too high, mm-hmm. you know, and you right. and you don't know what what can happen. Yep. So I think it's important. Um, and now you're it's still you'll look in private remarks and it says uh, submit the COVID screening form and the seller's pre qualification prior to scheduling a showing. So listing wow. agents do kind of want want proof. It's few and far between. Like you don't see it on every house, but but it's a good chunk. And especially during COVID times, that was like at the peak of this was when we got deemed essential again and we started showing house. That was like kind of standard practice for a little bit. Yeah, I gotcha. That's interesting. They want a COVID screen. What's in the COVID screen for? Uh, it's just a, it's like a questionnaire. The, the first phase was like 10 questions and it was like, do you have a fever? Have you been around anybody that had signs yeah. of COVID? Um, I think one of the questions was, were you on a, uh, an international flight in the last 14 days? Um, and then now, f- whatever, f- what are we, phase four now or something? Yeah. Phase yeah. four COVID form is just like four questions. It's like, are you sick? Have you been around anybody who's sick? If you are sick, will would you disclose that information? Um, so, yeah, I, I have to do it every huh. time I, I show a house. So if I show you a house today you have to sign it and then if i show you a house tomorrow you have to sign it but if we see like you know four in one day it's only one sheet that i signed. Yeah. um and yeah. it just sits on a it sits in a file so with that happening too and then also last week um the whole fair housing thing came down the the fair house on the 20th hold on let me mm-hmm. check my day june 20th there's now another form that we have to sign when we first meet them so you have your agency form the new york state agency disclosure and then uh, now fair housing is required and it's just like a a form that just says agents don't discriminate um if you feel like i've I've discriminated on race sex national origin familial status handicap status uh, there's a couple other ones Uh, you have the right to report it to the state here's our information to to report it um from what I was told, I, it, I guess it was a big incident in Long Island where there was a bunch of fair housing problems, and uh, it was twofold. One, this was still happening in 2020. That's how, crazy. How is there still people? How are we yeah. still having fair housing problems in the year 2020? I, I don't understand. Right. Um, and two, these people didn't know how to report the incident. So, like, if you were discriminated against, and the landlord said, you know, I don't, I don't rent to to people with kids it's like they didn't know how to report that kind of incident so now it's gotcha. like a form that's just like hey you can call the state and here's the website here's the phone number um 
Howard Hanna has one. Like when we go and sit down and we write a contract, there's an equal opportunity and escrow disclosure that just says it, but the reporting is to, it has like uh, the phone number and then it has Mark Ray's information. It's like, hey, you can also call my vice president and he will investigate this further. Um, So we always had that form in place at Howard Hanna. It's just like, it's just worded differently and it's not like, you know, it's not from the Department of State. It's just something that we drafted up. Gotcha. Um, so that honestly, that the last like week, so it's like that whole COVID thing, and then the fair housing thing. Um, so yeah, it's a couple major changes in the last few weeks. Yeah, here, yeah, which has been kind of crazy. Wow. In a time when things are already crazy enough. Yeah, right. And that's like I've always called it uh, when I did all my courses. Like when we renew our license, we have to do the fair housing portion, fair housing and ethics, um, and. Uh, Call it the oh duh chapter. It's like, oh duh, don't don't be racist. Oh duh, don't yeah. be sexist. Don't you be know? a jerk. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, but some people, I just some people can't help themselves. You know. Yeah. It just, it just is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, what, what is the next, like year gonna be like? What are you changing in your business practices for the next year? Like, are you going to be doing more video videos? Or are you going to be using uh, more conferences? Um, I would say, like, in terms of my content, I'm definitely doing more of a push with video. Um, trying to get better at video. I'm not, you know, I'm not great in front of the camera. You know? It just takes practice. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Um, but definitely doing more video in my content. Um, and then obviously the whole Realtor Academy thing that I'm working on. Um, you know, I, I think like doing more of that, like I'd like to do that like once a month. Um, I think it'd be pretty valuable. I think realtors will get a lot out of it. And I think it's more valuable than me trying to like, hey, you want to go grab coffee? You want to go grab lunch? And yeah. let's talk about my rates and let's talk about how like I'm responsive. And yeah. it's like, I know I'm like, of course you're responsive because yeah. like if you weren't, you'd right. <laughs> Yeah, right. Shout out to you the other day who got a pre-qualification right as you're about to go into your daughter's pediatrician appointment. Oh, <laughs> you were like, I'm oh, I'm tied up, but I have my manager on it, and it should be in your email, ready to go. I was like, Jesus, man, holy cow! I blinked no and problem. it was in my email. Yeah, good. How do you but, uh, uh, how do you prospect for new clients? Because that's like one thing. It's realtors are like, prospect, prospect, prospect. Yeah, so it's one thing I'm trying like refine. Um, sorry, my dog's barking. Oh, you're good. Um, so there, it's kind of like getting them through the funnel, right? And one way to do that is like we were talking about earlier, the free you know content that's you know, solving someone's problem, right? That's one way to do it. The other way to do it is through paid advertising on Instagram and Facebook, and that's one thing that I'm currently working on. Um, do you manage all your Instagram stuff? Is that all stuff that you put together and push out? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I do that all myself. That's cool. Yep. Did you um, hire like a photographer to get all the pictures and stuff? Because there's some great pictures <laughs> that you have too. So, so the um, the pictures are actually screenshots. So what I did cool. was rather than pay for a video shoot and a photo shoot, um, I had these. Uh, I had this video production company called Call of the Loon Productions. They're right in Liverpool. They're awesome. Um, shout out them. Um, they uh, came in, they videoed it. It took probably, I don't know, six hours to do videos. Yeah. Um, and then what I did was I just like 
cut those down myself. I edited them down myself to yeah. get like what you're seeing on my Instagram. That's cool. And uh, I guess screenshots. But those videos, um, what I did was I would um, post them and target them to a specific demographic, right? And that, so like there was a be a first time home buyer video. So that first time home buyer video is only going to people who are, you know, certain age, they make yeah. sure like targeted towards them. It directs them to my, my webpage, right? Once they leave my webpage, they go to my webpage and then they leave, they get retargeted. Um, wow. So if you, you ever go to like cars.com or something and click on a car and leave and you're like blasted with that car cars all over the place. Everywhere. Yeah, that's retargeted. So then they get that, they get a reminder like, hey, like another video saying like, hey, um, somebody came to our website. Um, if you got any questions, you know, I'm here to help. Um, I'd love to do like, kind of offer them something. Like I'd love to like wave the appraisal for you or something, whatever it may be. Um, and then have them put a form in there. So you just capture their contact information. If they put that contact information, they get, you know, a, a little bit more, a, a more specific message. They're talking directly to them. Right. So it's kind of like fitting them through the funnel using digital, uh, digital advertising, retargeting, um, to get down to like, who's actually truly interested. Yeah. The, uh, the real estate, like the people who've been in the business, you know, since I was five years old, seem to market heavily on all their past relationships and past connections. Do you see that in like, uh, the mortgage atmosphere as well? Like the older guys are always just harping on their past relationships yeah, they they you they go back through them. Um, I think everybody could be better at like their 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 past client or relationship marketing. That's like uh, my focus too. Is I just I continuously touch past clients. I check in with them, see how everything's going. I just I want to maintain that that relationship because yeah. there's that statistic out there. That's like what is it? You know, fifty or sixty percent of people forget their real estate agent after a year. They just really, forget yeah. their name. So like, and that, again, that's where another piece where bomb bomb comes in. Great. Like I, there was a time where like, you know, I, I when I did was doing refinances, um, Chris still am obviously, uh, but saying like, you know, thank you if you know anybody else, you know, basically asking, right, asking them yeah. for a referral. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I suck at is asking for the referral. Yeah. That's one thing that I need to like work in more. You know. Yeah, it, it's 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 an uncomfortable ask like to get. To, like when you first start doing it but once you get used to it it's you can go over like please send me business kind yeah. of like yeah it's di- you know, but everybody's like different like there's there's like an agent that i met who hates asking for reviews like they just get wicked nervous and anxious really? when they have to ask for reviews and for me it's nothing i'm just like hey go to this website if you do something it'll help me out a lot and i really appreciate it if you yeah if you fill that out and then but the flip side of that coin is that agent's really good at being like hey I need more business. Do you have anybody that you know that is looking mm-hmm. to buy a house? You know, um, but yeah. No, going back to the original point, was uh, it seems like the people that are in the business longer kind of work their sphere of influence more rather than like uh, doing mailings and you know video yeah. stuff, and they kind of just work on that. That's that SOI. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's something that I certainly have to get better at because I'm so focused on just new business not realizing that my current book of business can send me, you know, new business as well. Yeah. Did you, during COVID, did you touch with all that, uh, the book of business, like to, uh, the past buyers you had that are now living in the house? Hey, now's a good time to refinance. Yeah. Everything's low. Yeah. That's, that's where I sent out like another video, like, Hey, you know, 
hope you hope you guys have a new house. I know you guys have been. I would look at my system like I know you guys have been there for you know a year. Hope everything's going great. You guys had a great first holiday, whatever it may be. Um, rates are. And I just explained rates are super low right now. If you want me to take a look, just send me a you know mortgage statement, um, and I I take care of it from there for you. Gotcha. And that was pretty much it. I sent that off to a lot of people, and I got a lot of a lot of interest. It, it, it worked a lot. It worked pretty well. I would I say my open rate was a hell of a lot better than just like a simple. You know, yeah. I, just you know. delete. Um, yeah. Exactly. So like, it seems like your marketing knowledge and expertise is really helping you out now that you're just like you're just solo uh, loan originator now, right? Like you're not doing marketing for Paragon. No, no, I'm um. I, I market myself, right? Yeah, like, and right. I, I love marketing. It's it's my background. I went to school for. It was my job right out of college. Yeah. Uh, and I was in it for five uh, five years almost. Is it nice not having that pressure now of doing that for a company while also trying to do loan origination? Yes, because it allows me to focus on like, you know, what where I want my income to come from. Right. right. At the end of it. Yeah. Um, I want to grow my book of business and and be a loan officer because like I can kind of tie you know what I like doing in marketing to also what I like doing in loans. Yeah, 100%. So, kind of the best of both worlds. And it can be the same thing in real estate, too. Um, yeah, I got a degree yeah. in graphic design. There I you got go. my associates in graphic design, and then when I finished, I was like, I don't know if I want to keep going to college. I felt like I just went to college just so I didn't feel like a fat loser. I just went to OCC <laughs> because I was like, if I didn't, then I'd feel like I was I was being lazy, you know? And, uh, yeah. But I but graphic design was cool. I liked it. I liked working with uh, Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff. And that's kind of like I lean on Canva a lot, which is like the uh, Canva. Like, yeah, Canva, which is yeah, like, I use Canva too. Yeah, it's like it's kind of it's kind of the ghetto version of Photoshop, but it gets the job done and it's yeah, it helps me make a lot of my ads and it's just it's simple. The logo for the Corey Cast was made on Canva, and I had I made six designs and I made them in probably like a half hour. Yeah, you know it's nice. To, you just plug and play. Boop boop boop. Done. It's a great tool. And see, like, so you're tying like you what you like doing in graphic design with real estate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Well, Chris, dude, I don't have any more questions. I'm, I'm fresh out. So, I got one question for you. Yeah. How is your broker course going? Oh, it's good. It's um. I wish I didn't do it online, or wish I didn't do it through the website I'm doing it on it's just the the whole course has been like read this answer questions read this answer questions and it's the same freaking thing over and over and then I out of the whole course it's supposed to be a, a minimum of 45 hours and I think there was maybe three videos that I can remember and the videos were like cartoons and then it was like Google Voice where it was like this is Sally. She is a oh, agent, God. and she is in a dual agency agreement. So it's like, oh my God, this! I just wanted to take my pen and drive it in my eye. But it's just—it's the way that I learned. Like I would have more—I would have rather be in a class with other people and a teacher. It's just I would learn better that way. And if yeah. the media in the course was was changed up, like, hey, here's a here's a clip from a YouTube video. Hey, here's a clip from a podcast. Here's a, here's an article to read that was from the seventies on real estate. Like I would, I just would have learned better rather than like read the terms, hear the definitions, answer the questions. 
and yeah. it be that way every single time. So wow. now that the course is done, I have to take my final exam and I've just been taking my practice exam over and over and over again and then studying and then more practice until I'm ready to take the final course. And mm-hmm. then I have to do the state exam. And right now that's in limbo because of the whole social distancing thing. They haven't they haven't set up a new date for to do the broker's course, at least from what I'm told. I haven't researched it much further other than I know my the new kid at uh, Howard Hanna who's waiting to get uh, his license for real estate. He can't take his right now because it's the same thing. He can't schedule so you, you, can't take, you guys can't take it like online or anything? So I can, my final exam for the course, you're supposed to have proctored and you're supposed to go to like a place. It was like, here's everything in Onondaga County. It's like, here's the Liverpool library. Mm-hmm. You can do it. But those places are closed. So the website, the CE shop is, you can do like an online proctor where somebody sets up a webcam. They make sure that you're not like Googling the answers and doing all that stuff. Um, That's so creepy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then uh, it's going to start opening up hopefully soon because Mark Ray talked to, uh, was it the Onondaga, like the, the chairman of the Onondaga board or something to to change the practices? And they kind of realized that they're like, they're at a standstill where it's kind of bottlenecking. You know, there's no, there's like how many people right now are ready to take their real estate course? Because they had the whole COVID thing to start testing and practicing for their for their tests now so yeah hopefully it'll change soon but i'm not ready yet i'm like i'm still like you need a 70 to pass the test and i'm like i can get like a 75 consistently but i like to pump that number up in case there's a bunch of courses or a bunch of questions that i don't know i want to have a better you know like a better safety net yeah, yeah, I got you. It's just it's just a bunch of bunch of studying, but once once it's over and I'm done with the course, then I then I'm gonna put my focus more on like creating like a YouTube video of like, hey agency, here's what it. Do you know what a dual agent agency is? Do you know what uh, what a buyer's agent's duties are to you? You know, it's just like I have a note in my phone of just like different ideas that I've kind of panned out. But my focus right now is just I want to finish my brokerage course. Yeah, I just get that done and over with, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't blame you. That'd did, be awesome, though. Yeah. Did you did you have to take uh, like a long course to get certified? As a yeah. So we had, and it was only online. So oh. yeah. So we took it. I did it. Studied. Um, we had to take the test at a test center over in um, Campus Wood Drive in East Syracuse. Yeah. And uh, you had to pass with seventy five. Um, I got seventy five. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, but it's it's super hard. Like it's not like it, it when you're studying. It doesn't teach you how to be a loan officer. It's more. It oh, almost yeah. teaches you how to be like an attorney. Like yeah. It's Regulation Z. Like what's right. You know, all this kind of stuff. It's like yeah. There's not a part on the real estate license course or the broker's course. Well, I mean, the broker's course is more focused on like managing a business and it being a broker for the the office and. Yeah. But the real estate license course does not show you. There's not a chapter on communication. There's not a chapter on yeah. here's the process. This is this is what you do from step one to step ten. You know. Yeah. But I guess and you know different have, counties are different. It could be slightly yeah. different in process, but we actually have to do it every year too. So we have to do like you guys are 21 hours every two years. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. We're 11 hours every year. So oh, wow. we have to get our continuing education done. 
by December, usually by mid-December, because there's always a backlog and you got to wait for like the state to say, okay, you're good. Oh yeah. But it's online and you got to take it. You could take a test again too. Like it's, every year. It's, every year and yeah. like it doesn't change like nothing really changes it's right just you know it's something we got to do it sucks yeah it's just kind of it's just the business pattern i guess what are you gonna do yeah yeah it's a money grab too i think too because it costs us you know yeah yeah i know it's, it's kind of interesting but but i get it it's like for the board and all that like i pay my realtor dues i i get it if i don't then yeah. i don't have an mls or a functioning mls and i don't have a a board that can provide the CE courses. It's cool. I get it. Right. Some there's some yeah. agents that want the the renewal fee to up and then kick out some of the the realtors that you know just do it just to kind of hold their license. Yeah, just to yeah. hold their license, just to kind of add some more weight to it. But I don't know. Sure. It's double sided. Like I I was working two jobs when I started it. You know, I was working full time runnings as an assistant manager and then doing selling houses trying to make it a career and up until recently you know fast forward two and a half years here i am finally cut the cord from runnings and now it's just this this is just the yeah. only job now so some people just take a little bit longer to do it so i guess yeah. i wouldn't i don't mind if there's people that are selling houses i just i just want more listings that's all i want <laughs> when you get into multiple yeah. offer situation with 21 total offers on a house all you can think of is like, God damn! I wish I had twenty houses to sell those people. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. jeez, man, it's crazy. Should, I mean, with that gimbal and what your plan is for those, uh, you know, how you're gonna be like presenting houses, you know, that should be super valuable for anybody looking to yeah. sell out. Yeah, and then you know, the good thing too is the uh, the those two listings that are coming up. Hopefully, if we can find them out, are like friends of mine, so they're they're totally like, eh, whatever, do what you want. They're like, you want to spend, you know, you want to spend a couple hours shoot video. They're like, nah, I'll hold the camera for you. Whatever you want to do, dude. So they're That's like, awesome. they're awesome to work with. And rather than yeah. like being very, trying to be professional in front of somebody you don't know, you can kind of fudge up and redo stuff. So you kind of have that sure. confidence, which is nice. So, yeah. Well, dude, thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, doing this. I It's, it's yeah. been good talking to you. Yeah, you too, man. This is a, uh, I haven't seen you in a, in a couple months because of COVID. So we'll have to go out and go to retreat soon or some eat somewhere outside yeah i know it'll be nice again to to actually see it it's like it's our one of our lunch conversations just in a podcast yeah basically this is what we talk about at lunch except <laughs> i think last time we talked about like ai and like what what that was going to do and everything but what i mean yeah i mean what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks chris i appreciate your time dude yeah thanks man i appreciate it it was All fun right.